Hey everyone, welcome back to Frostcast episode 27. Thank you all for tuning in. Today's a special day because we have two special guests. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Joe, please go first. <laughs> sure thing. Hi, I am... Uh... I'm Joe. Um, you may know me as uh, the voice of Tyrants on the Field, uh, of both uh, YouTube and uh, podcast fame, uh, most recently doing way, way too much on the WTC, despite not going. Uh, but it was a lot of fun working through all of the list and then doing some uh, live, uh, semi-live reporting as uh, results came in. So uh, really cool. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Happy to. Acres? You've been here before. People know you. Yeah, I have been here before. Um, I mean, way less, uh, you know, celebrity as, as as Joe and yourself. But I mean, I I, I get a, I get around. You know, debatable. Debatable. You know, yeah. Been to WTC plenty of times. How many times have you been now? Just twice. Okay. So I mean, it seems like it's been around, been a long time, but no, it's, I'm still still fairly new to that scene. I, I do think you hold the record for most uh, war table games. I think I think you can put in for Guinness for that, and I think it, I don't I don't know who's going to challenge you on it. <laughs> There's yeah, that's that's yes, I've played a lot, <laughs> played a lot this year. <laughs> and always, we are here with AJ. I know he's been kind of quiet right now. Hi, I'm AJ. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been up to? I know you just got back from WTC Acres. You guys been doing any modeling, painting? Uh, I've been doing a, a ton of painting uh, recently, getting my uh, Chimera up and running. I still got a lot more to go, uh, but excited to uh, to get it on the table. Well, AJ, did you paint the Chimera yet? No, I kind of lost interest until the, the army box comes out. I'll probably just go full steam on that. But I did get Magnus together, him primed up and ready for some slap chopping. Slappy choppy, bro. Akers, what did you paint? You got a WTC mini, right? Man, you know <laughs> I'm a shameful hobbyist. Okay, shameful. I don't, I don't paint. I don't even assemble my own models. I am, yeah, I'm not. If I, if I, if I had to, uh, you know, do all of that, I would probably not be playing War Machine. I am, I am a horrible hobbyist. I don't have the time nor the patience for that. So fair. Um, what have I been doing this week? I've been just painting Ravage Star. That's really all I've been doing. And it's really just two minis that I'm going like way too hard on. But I'm painting one in in memory of Dave from Mini Wargaming as a 30k world eater, and I'm painting one as a Luna Wolf from for War Budgies, and that's my that's my inspiration for them. But they are those models are incredibly detailed. And there's so many little tra like I'm tracing every little panel. With gold right now and it's just like oh so much work there's times like this or i wish i was like acres and didn't fucking paint <laughs> you are a glutton for oh 100 percent look great but yeah like the amount of effort you put into that is like man i don't i don't know how you do it i don't either aj is still mad because i still haven't finished his orgoth <laughs> that's all right from what i hear aj is not playing games anyway so he doesn't need Ooh. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I'm not actually. Just now, my child locked himself in his room. <laughs> oh, he locked his room. Oh, he's out of his room. So he's out of his room, but he locked his door. Hang on. So I'll be right back. Okay, we can go. This is this is why I can't do things. This right here. 
<laughs> All right, we can go ahead and go into the the main meat and potatoes of this. This is gonna be some WTC deep dive on the on the stuff. But I wanted to hear Acres, how was the travel? Like, how did you get picked up? How did you book your tickets? Was it like sponsored at all? Like, how do you get from United States to Copenhagen, right? Yeah. To walk us through that, how it went, how was the travel? I mean, the travel there was was not bad. Um, like it, we got it was crazy, uh, like windy the day of. Like I flew in, I flew in, uh, what uh, Wednesday, and that day was like I had a small uh, just plane from Amsterdam to uh, Copenhagen. And we actually had to uh, fly around the uh, tarmac a couple times. The first time on the approach, like the wind got blown off, I mean, the plane got blown off track because of the wind. So we aborted the landing and had to go around a couple times, waiting for the, the you know, the wind to die down so we actually could land the plane. <laughs> okay. And the whole week, like 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 three, like the first three or like I think three days I was there, it was literally like probably twenty degree uh, mile an hour winds at least. Um, the entire weekend was just yeah, it was nuts. It was so windy. Uh, and in the last um, couple days is when they got actually pretty nice. We could we could walk around and and do a whole lot, but uh, you know we were we were fighting the weather. Um, it was your you famous know. hat like strapped to your chin the whole time? I did not bring my hat. That was <gasps> one of the first things that people said to me when I when I when I got to Copenhagen. They're like, "Where is your hat?" <sighs> I was like, "I left it in Michigan." Mm. Okay. So how does it work for so how does how does one get picked up for WTC and like was it for the flights and all that stuff was that all out of your pocket or is there any kind of like sponsorships or anything going on? I mean, there there was. I mean, we we, we have like, if you could you talk know, about it. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a there's a few sponsorships and whatnot, but a, a lot of the the cost is it's fronted by us, and you know, there's a lot more that goes into it too, like your you know your venue and. And the plane ticket. I mean, a plane ticket obviously is the most important, the most uh, expensive thing typically there. And I always like splurge a little bit for that, anyways, because I'm not being stuck in <laughs> economy for <laughs> for eight, eight nine hours. And you know, understandable. Me, the big big guys, I am. I need that. I need that extra leg space. And <laughs> oh, I agree, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. So. So the venue was it was it a good venue? How was the, how was all that? Was the food good? Was the area good? Um, yeah. So the the venue itself was was actually pretty nice. The hotel was was pretty nice. It was definitely uh, a lot different than uh, uh, Belgium, and the the food I thought was was definitely much better than um, Belgium as well. Like the the downtown area. I mean, one night we went to like so we found some uh, English karaoke bar, and like. Yeah, exactly. In, okay. in Copenhagen, we found some English karaoke bar that we went to and had a good old time and whatnot, and got uh, you know had quite a few drinks. And I'm sure there's pictures of Adam Pricer floating around, like just just you know being the mountain of a man he is too. Walking, <laughs> nice, beer. nice. And yeah, it was it was a good time. We we all had a good time. Um, yeah, that seems like a cool thing. Oh yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it wasn't all it wasn't all just War Machine, but I mean, we we got out every every night to, to go check out a different different restaurant or a different bar, or you know, we even hung out with few a few of the uh, you know um, other uh, teams as well. So nice, like uh, we hung out with the English guys 
for quite a bit as well. So it was, it was a no, it was, it was great. It was a good time. Yeah, it seemed like Thanks. a good time. Yeah. Um, and then can you explain to me the jersey training trading? <laughs> so Is last year, like I said, was my first experience, obviously with that, and they, you know, they said it was it was super big, and it's a you know, there's a lot of uh, game a game involved in that where make sure you buy extra jerseys to 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 bring because people are like sitting on swap them out and all that stuff and a lot of that is like the, the whole time is everyone's wearing their jerseys and you're gonna see you get to see everybody's and you're literally picking out your favorites and what ones you want and kind of like sizing everybody up to see like all right well you know who's gonna fit me kind of thing so uh i went into it this year with a different with a little different mindset last year i picked out jerseys that i like i thought looked really cool and that i just wanted to take home and this year, I was looking for uh, either certain jerseys from certain people because I know I you know knew quite a few of the Europeans now because I played so many War Table games, and you know it's been kind of nice to put faces with uh, with names and voices. So I was actually looking for uh, certain individuals um, to to jersey swap with. So very cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, that covers what I wanted to share with, like, the travel part with the people, and that co- you did a good job on that, so thank you. Yeah. Um, but now we can get to the games, and then this is where everyone can kind of fill in more. Like, how how are the games for you? Do the games go, how was day one, day two? Like, walk us through how the games went for you, what went good, what went bad. Uh, I mean, so the games themselves, like, it was it was definitely, so they were really nice. Like, the... This year, I didn't have, or we didn't even see like that many, um, just like, uh, what am I trying to say? Just uh, judge calls and things like that. There was, it was a lot more of like a clear understanding from between players, and there wasn't a whole lot of that happening, as far as I could tell. So everybody was was definitely playing as cleanly as they possibly could, and had you know, had good dialogue, open communication. So that helped uh, quite a bit uh, with just the flow of games and all that. And obviously the games uh, at WTC are all incredibly just, you know, high skill level, very technical. And it's always, those are always the really, the really fun games to play is when everyone's playing, you know, super clean and, and you're just going back and forth, uh, you know, taking pieces off the table and uh, just playing it up, you know, playing at a super high level. So that was, that was super nice, and I said just we had a wide variety of uh, uh, teams this year too, which was uh, very interesting. There was a you know team from South Africa. Yeah, I saw um, that, and they did well this year. Yeah, they yeah, did. They, they did, did very well. Yeah, they did really well, and it was I mean, look. Unfortunately, we, we didn't get to play against them, but uh, yeah, like just seeing that team. Uh, there was a team from Iceland as well kicking around. Um, so just a few, a few nations that, uh, I, that as far as I know, haven't really, haven't been to WTC, uh, you know, making appearances. So that was, that was super cool, um, to see it, you know, that it reaching, uh, other parts of the world. And how many teams were there this year? Uh, what we had, what, 28, I think. I mean, that's probably a better question for Joe. He's, yeah, he's 20, the... 24, 24, 24. Okay. I'm going to say this. Yeah. <clears throat> so many teams <laughs> so many uh, i mean 24 i mean like i said 
for me, going through the the pairing process with 24 teams so much easier than doing the 64 teams we did last year. So uh, I think I think next year is going to be another 64 slog. Well, I think they uh, capped it at 32. Well, no, yeah, they capped it at 32 for next year. But uh, I I think you're going to get that 32 to have to go through. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's again assuming that uh, you know. I I go again next year, but yes. I'm well, not Joe's gonna that. go, right? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go. Sure. This guy's a ma- <laughs> this guy's a wizard with numbers. He has to go. Yeah, I mean, he'd be one hell of a freaking you know team captain and pairing pairing process off and giving all the stats and analytics for sure. Yeah, I, I can I can help with the analytics. Um, occasionally I can win a game I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> It's, well, it's winning mean, the games that I'm supposed to. That, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, Joe and I played a heck of a lot of games in preparation for WTC. So yeah, I saw you using them as a test dummy, basically. Uh, I mean, more, not so much that. Like he'd, he'd pick a WTC list from some team and play it against me, and we just kind of see how it worked. And, you know, so. Yeah, because figuring out how lists work is, is one of the things that I like to do. Just because I'm one of those nerds. Yeah. So what was some of your, Joe, since you played so many lists, what was some of your favorite lists coming out of WTC then? Um, I I was really high on Asgard. Um, I said that in my initial initial cast at the at the end of going through all the teams. I, I thought Asgard was in a really good position. I was very high on Manatee. Um, I was high on Zuber. Uh, I was also high on uh, Z38. So the the Swedes and the and the Germans, I I had two two teams I thought very highly of. The Americans, I had Manatee, um, Blackfooted Ferrets did did very well. Uh, mm. Overall, uh, I was I was a little surprised by England's ability to bounce back, um, but knowing the the caliber of player and the players that they had, it's not overly surprising. Uh, just from a, a list standpoint, it was it was a little interesting. And there, there is um, a bit of a, an interesting disconnect. Uh, not so much disconnect, but there's a, there's definitely a different mindset when it comes to list building from the American side than there is to the European side. And it, I think it was in it was in full display as the as the games went on, at least from afar. Not because hopefully next year we get some streaming. Like it, it would have been really great to see some of these games and these matchups because kind of watching the data flow over. Um, is one thing, but physically, one seeing the matches and two, um, being able to see the see the plays and and what people were doing is is half the half the battle. Here's how they fix um, this: so. they take me and they take AJ and they say, "Hey, you two, go be commentators for WTC next year." And we're like, "All right, we're there." It'd be the greatest energy they've ever had on a streaming service. I promise. <laughs> that would be interesting. So, yeah, I think I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there should. I think there. Hey, I offered my services very last minute, but I did offer my services. Yeah, just we'll just run it by Matt next time. See what yeah. he says. We'll just go straight to him. Be like, hey, do you want commentation? Yes, cool. Or we're, we're on the next flight. I mean that. Or, or talk to Doug. I mean Doug's always there. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. No, I like talking to the bosses, bosses, boss. That's just how I roll. <laughs> it really, it really is. This guy at work is just like. Yeah, I know that guy. I know him too, and I know his boss too. And I'm like, how? So, so do we talk about trolls yet? Yeah, I was gonna say, what are your WTC lists that you really liked coming out of it? So the trolls um, shocked me. 
Like how good were they just good against certain lists? Is that why they did so well? Or was Storm in the North like that good? Mm. Okay. <laughs> that I don't know. I mean, I, I, I personally got to play against Storm in the North once and gave it a loss. So I don't really know. I mean, obviously other the other players did really well with with trolls throughout the tournament and it may have just been a, a player school situation. Yeah, I, I didn't look at a lot of their other matchups or who they played against. This is he, he is muted right now for everybody who's wondering. Um, yeah, well, it also it also could have been uh, just a. I per, I know I personally didn't didn't prep a whole lot for trolls either. So if if other players didn't, I mean, maybe they just they dropped games due to some unfamiliarity with some of the with some of those models. I mean, I haven't played that many games in the trolls in Mark IV. So, so jumping into the jumping into the win rate, um, there's a couple of things here. They played a, a pretty wide variety of matchups um, where they had one win into two win. They had two wins into First Army. Um, that was their their highest amount of wins outside of Orgoth. Orgoth they played the most games against with four, um, and they won half the games. Uh, part of this is I think you had players that really understand trolls um, and knew what their lists were, were doing, and for the most part they were being played into infantry heavy lists and they did very well into the infantry heavy list but they kept them away from uh like ret basically the the one game they played into to ret was allegiance to dawn game and they lost that um they lost to dark operations and they lost to secret dominion um those were those were the losses that were incurred but they had they had wins against a variety of things they had wins against um they had a win against Protectorate, uh, Rins against Rulik, uh, win against Nucador, but everybody won against Nucador, spoiler, uh, unless <laughs> you were New Signar. Such a bad army. Uh, they had a win against Nucador, they had two wins against um, First Army, or, or two win, new, win against New Signar and, and two wins against uh, First Army and one win against uh, COC. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so Scorn, you want to explain why that's the best army? Because 80% win rate, right? Scorn is indeed the best army, um, by the best <laughs> oh, players. <dear. laughs> uh, I have, I have a generalized theory on this, uh, and I, I talked about it a little bit in my cast, but I'll refine it a bit more here. You have a very small sample size. All of that said, um, and I, I'll say this knowing that Acres is a, is a long time, very proficient Scorn player. Scorn has always been a very fair army, and I will say that I think Mark IV is a, is a for the first time in, in sort of War Machine's history, um, if you can play a fair army and play it very well, because you've had to play it very well for previous editions, you are going to get mega rewarded in Mark IV, um, because Mark IV is arguably the fairest edition thus far. I'm sure at some point there's going to be more more broken bits, but the the delta between armies is smaller than I think most people think that it is. Yeah. In in a general sense. So if your fundamentals are very strong, uh, it really doesn't matter what you're playing. Um, and if you if you know your army and scorn players 
know their armies and you could you could do very well and you could do very well at a WTC level. So I, I chalk these up to player skill, uh, but I'll add the additional bit of, I think this edition, uh, like most editions of War Machine, really do reward player skill at a, at a very high level. And so the what you're what you're taking in prime matters a bit less uh, than it may have in previous editions. At least uh, at least in this first year. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think I think I think that is good. That because like I think I've felt as like a lot of the armies are pretty balanced overall for the most part. Like you could play any army and have a game. Yeah, I would agree with that statement 100. percent Even Kador. I'm, even I'm, new Kador. Just oh. not into even not just not into like Orgoth. <laughs> not in like yeah. I I think yeah. I or Kador needs help. It needs something. And then we will just kinda just ignore shadows. That's an outlier of just a mistake of a balancing. Yeah. That <laughs> that's what happens when uh when you tune the knob a little bit too much, which still happens from time to time. Yeah, it's going to. So now, Akers, I would love to hear how your games went. Like, how did your rounds go? What went bad? What went wrong? What you want to talk about, obviously. Um, what would you do um, better next year? What would you have changed if you were thinking about it hindsight? Um, well, I mean, in, and I, I, geez. I know your so, games went very well. I, mean, I think you were what? Yeah. Yeah. I was four and, yeah, I went four and one. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty strong so far. I've, I've had pretty good showing so far at WTC over the last two years. My combined record is uh nine and two over, over two years. So that's yeah, really good. Like fantastic yeah, for, for WTC. Pretty good considering I've always just like played really well under pressure anyways. It just, I don't, it's just something that's, you know, worked well for me in the past mm -hmm. and WTC just kind of brings that out of me, you know, as far as just playing the best possible uh, rounds you can in the biggest spotlight, which, uh, you know, helps out quite a bit um, as far as the team dynamic goes. Uh, I, I would say, like what? So it, what went really well? Um, we, as a team, uh, used a computer program to do pairings for us this year. So like we took out basically the human element kind of out of the equation, hmm. and we all put in like our, uh, you know, pretty our, our accurate as we could be on matchup process and you know how we felt our our list ranked into uh, every team, and then we had a computer program that basically fed us out dead uh, the data on, on how to properly positioned during the pairing process to get the the best possible pairings uh every round which i mean worked really well i thought like we we paired um really well into every single team um where we got what we wanted uh was just some of the rounds we didn't execute uh, the matchups as well as we needed to and we lost a, a few coin flip games that uh could have gone either way and um, so, unfortunately, we, we, you know, there's a big element of luck in uh, even at WTC level where you, you need, uh, you know, some teams to get to, to not be paired against each other or you to be paired against, you know, like um, 
So like we we ran into I think pretty much every, with the exception of the um, the second German team. I think we ran into every major contender uh, in the event. So yeah. we all we all had pretty uh, hefty strength of schedules. I mean, Jake put up a nineteen for strength of schedule, which is like just ungodly. Um. So I mean, it's I mean no different. What was that? That man is built different when it comes to this game. Yeah, I mean, and we and we fed him like every single Thyron player we could find, and he still went four and one. So I was like, you know, what are you gonna do? The guy's a machine. Um, and and that's... Then... yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, it was a it was a it was a great event. Like it, it, we we got to play against England round one. Those were some great guys. Uh, and the funny thing too is. Uh, I was uh, talked into doing the uh, scrimmage uh, the night before uh, against Team England, and then uh, Jake and a couple guys were like, "I, ah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend playing, uh, you know, them because you might be giving them information, and you know, I'm on my list, and yada yada yada." I'm like, ah, "I'm sure I'll be fine. N- not a big deal." And then once pairings were announced for day one, round one, we play, we were playing England. And I was just like, immediately thought of Jake. And I was like, man, I, this is going to be one of the biggest I told you so moments. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't have done that. And I was like, oh, well. But yeah, I played against their Inferno player in the scrimmage and then played against their circle player uh, in round one. And that game was, again, very close. Uh, it was a great game. Um I I think I I think I probably lose that game if he has a minute and a half to two minutes more on his clock. Um, but he ended up clocking. Uh, I think it was like turn five or turn six. Um, so I uh, won that game there. Um, round two, uh, we had another super solid opponent. Uh, went back and forth quite a bit there ended up winning that game on scenario uh round three we got to we got to play against the tournament winners ultimately at that point asgard and i still a firm believer that like that that was a matchup for us to lose and and you know we had yep. a, a couple crucial things didn't go our way um you know, Jake won his game. I won my game, bottom of seven, in just a like grueling dogfight of a game. Um, so, like, against the Wolf matchup. And then uh, Blake, unfortunately, was beating his opponent uh, fairly convincingly. And I think saw the, the dagger and went for it and then missed and then got assassinated, which was huge. In that matchup, and that that's ultimately um, kind of what led to our spiral there, because he he had played the Assyria matchup uh, the round before as well, mm. and yep. um, won that game fairly convincingly, and was in a similar position in that game, and just you know slightly different caliber of player, and was able to take advantage of that, and and took the game away. Um. And then Justin also missed, I think, three or four consecutive boosted 11s to, to win his game into the uh, Texas Mirror. Yeah. 
know, just Ouch. just a few little things like that where yeah. I mean ultimately spiral out and cause you to lose rounds. But I mean it was a close it was a very close loss um to Asgard, which I mean taking nothing away from them, they are a great team and had a had a good cohesive unit and all five guys were very confident very competent players. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're gonna lose, at least lose the guys who won, right? Yeah. So I mean <laughs> Yeah, we lost, uh, you know, a close game there, and then we played, uh, had pretty much no rest and uh, played Germany the first day of round two. Uh, after that, uh, Beckman's team, and I really wanted to play Beckman, like after he after he was bad-mouthing my lists on, on uh, his podcast, just kind of poking fun at it. Ooh, I, really, okay, okay. I really wanted to play Beckman. I really wanted you to as well because we we played that match. But it, was, it was not going to go well for Ben. <laughs> yeah, I really I really wanted to play that matchup, and um, you know the, my team and the algorithm kind of said otherwise. So uh, we paired off, and I ended up playing against the troll player. And again, that was a great game. He played really clean, really tight. Um, Glacier King pretty much did whatever it wanted to do. Yep. Uh, I pretty much just ignored it the entirety of the game, went for other stuff, and ended up pulling a, I think, turn five uh, scenario win out of that one. Oh, I, I don't think we've clarified this. How, how many times did you drop Harusk, and how many times did you drop Sabra? That's a good question, because Longshank doesn't have that. Uh, I dropped Harusk all five rounds. That's what I thought you dropped. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, uh... just based on who you were into. It's yeah, like, I, there, I, there I, was there was one match where like you probably could have dropped Sabrath, but it makes it more coin coin flipping. <laughs> yeah, I I considered dropping Sabrath into the troll player. I yep. considered it just because of the Glacier King, and I was like, uh, I mean, maybe if he doesn't owls the Glacier King, I can crippling grasp the Glacier King and just rip that thing off the table. But then I was like, uh, if he drops Borka, it's a little more of an issue because like, yep. I, I don't know how much I love playing Sabrath into Borka. Um, so that's ultimately why I went with Harus just to just to take the the safe play and not get greedy. Um, oh, that, and that Harus list is so hard to attack in a in an effective manner. Like it it can grind with basically everybody. the The one list you don't want it to go into is uh, is uh, shadows. Yeah, it's no one wants to like, play shadows. It was like a, it, I think it was very eye opening for like, so even we had we had uh, heard uh, quite a bit that uh, Europe didn't value Orgoth as a uh, high tier uh, army. Yep. And um, even when the list came out, we you could kind of very it was kind of obvious that uh, this this the Orgoth list they were playing were not tuned and um, just defined. No, these- these were these were Orgoth lists that we were doing like six months ago, yeah. In in some in some form or fashion. <laughs> so yeah, the the games I played, uh, people were were very surprised at uh, how efficient and how lethal um, that army was, and how especially the gunjacks, the Belcher quad bolt thrower heavies, are yeah. were, were just shock and awe. Um, in a lot of situations, like ripping heavies off the table um, from downtown is 
Well, because it's and it's a hard chassis to get your head around as an Orgoth player to start because you're you're putting 16 points on the table without an armor skew, and in in many cases, uh, it was very clear that Europe was tuning uh, Orgoth as an armor skew. Um, right. So right or wrong, that was what they were skewing. That's what they were playing into. That's the the concept that they had, and America had very much determined that. Orgoth is a shooting army uh, that happens to have really good melee troops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's not even so much happened to have really good melee troops. It's the shooting output is so good that it forces your opponent into you because they can't stay at arm's length because they will just get chewed up by guns. Yep. So it forces them to come into you, and then at that point you get to punish them for for coming into you. So it's... Yeah, it's very awkward to deal with that army uh, because you're very proficient close range with uh, rock harriers and axers and and uh, being able to dark shroud and things of like that. But also, you are incredibly lethal at long range with um, the the double um, heavies uh, and the fact that I originally, after a while, sort of when I started getting more into the uh, after the list was done, just playing it uh, more and more and refining actually just how it actually played, uh, putting both the heavies on the same side of the table was definitely the way to go. Because at first I was splitting the shooting heavy, so I'd have one on each side of the table to cover uh, as many shooting lanes as possible. But after a while, putting them on both on one side of the table so they could cover each other. So one goes up, shoots. The other one goes up and just shoots everything within 12 inches of the other one as well. So they just never get charged. Um, yep. and then the other one just can hit and run back, and it's yeah, it was it was just just devastation. Like you always owned one side of the table when both those heavies went up and just shot. Like you're removing heavies units. Like you just two after two rounds of that, there's very little left on one side of the table from from those heavies. It's very hard to stay away from them, and um, just the reroll ability on Fate Bless from from Harusk is. It's so consistent. Yeah, as you as you put it, we were talking last night. You put it: dice consistency wins games. Yeah. No, it it definitely does. Like that's that's how I play the game. Anyways, is my my lines of play are usually dictated by what is what are the lowest averages I need to accomplish my you know this this plan, and that's usually where I'm you know what what helps me through that and Harusk just makes that that much easier because uh, the game plan succeeds more often than not just because you have that reroll ability to fall back on. So you can get max efficiency out of so many models because you're no longer having to, you know, boost those sixes or those sevens um, um, as much because you have the, the reroll to fall back on. Well, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got a little bit of taste of that too, though. You played Orgoth for for, for a little while. Yeah, so. and who knows? I might end up playing them again. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed my time playing Orgoth. It was like definitely a, a different experience from what I used to play. Um, with you as my coach, it kind of helped dial me in very quickly to how how Orgoth functions. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them. I like the Harusk play style, like the more grindy, like. Um, once I can stop seeing red, and that definitely, as the weekend went on a Nova, the less I, like, focused on, like, seeing red, the more I played slow, the, the better that army played for me. 
And that was like, and that's just me as a player. Like I need to learn to not see red, not just full head in, like play smart, position better. But that army leads definitely has a high skill floor, I would say. A higher skill floor than other armies. Yeah, I mean it's it's all it's all how you play them. Like you can you can you can stack up armor and just walk forward and just tank stuff, and that's not too hard to pilot. But I mean the the high the the high tier level of Orgoth is yeah, it's a nonlinear movement. There's a lot of just working components and uh, a lot of things to remember. Like and like the biggest thing that like one of the quickest things that I learned like that would like help me like visit, like further stretch out my army and make more lanes was the shield guarding on jacks. Give a heavy jack shield yep. guard, have it take a shot for somebody. Oh, cool. Hyper aggressive. Congratulations. I'm now in shooting range for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just opens up so many more lanes and cool little tricks you can do that just, like, oh, my gun jack just shot off another jack because you shot it on accident. Yep. So. The, yeah, the, not... the, the other bit with that army is you have to get really good with hit and run but if you can get really good with the hit and run card it opens up so many odd plays that are very difficult to see yeah for for the opponent big agree what is it uh, the fun trick where you dark shrider witches run them up then hit and run them well you can't can't run and hit and run no no i meant like move them up move them up the normal movement dark shroud and then you hit and run them further yeah, you can hit and run one and move it, move the dark shot and model farther in. Yeah, I got, I I did that at uh, Nova, and Paul was watching our game. I think he was judging and like blew his mind. He's like, I never even considered doing that. <laughs> so it's just this little stuff like that you you'll pick up, you know, mm-hmm. when you uh, sometimes watching watching other people play or just stuff like you know different things where you would never have considered um, doing that, which. Which is interesting too, like even playing the Europeans, because obviously they're building lists differently, and kind of what what Joe was alluding to earlier, where their philosophy of list building and the way they play is different fundamentally than how we kind of play in the states. So seeing that and seeing like different perspectives is is very interesting, um, and just kind of seeing stuff or just do or having people do things that you had ne- moves that you had never considered um, before. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see like how the world plays the same game differently. And that happens well, with a lot of games too, because like um, video games, for example, if you play, there's there's a competitive game over here. It's played differently than it is over over in another country. It's like their play styles and like their speeds of play are very different. Yeah, one one of the the most entertaining things at WTC for me and a lot of a lot of people uh, is uh, looking at matchup grids because everybody evaluates matchups differently from even from team to team. So like how we paired into a team may think that you know that that what what, what we think is a red may be a red for them as well in the same matchup, or if we thought it was a green for one of our guys maybe they thought also it was a green for them. Hmm. So it's just, yeah. it's always just interesting to see like, you know, the perspective of how they think their lists pair into us and vice versa, because a lot of it, like obviously both of us can't be right. So, you know, eventually you're going to find out who's, who's more correct there, but that's always a, a fun little thing to do um, at the end of the day too, is, is just kind of compare notes. 
AJ, have you ever done too much with like the team pairing process, or you know a lot about how that flows? I I do not. Never been in a team tournament before. What? I really? said I've never been in a team tournament before. That's crazy. How long? It's, it's all been solo stuff for me. Yeah, the team stuff. I've never really had a a partner per se, so never really mm -hmm. bothered going to those. Then I came along and said, "Let's play." More like. I came along to you and said, "That's true. You're playing a dumb game. Play this good game." <laughs> he comes in with like Necrons, and I'm like, "Why are you such an idiot? Never met him before." But I'm calling, insulting him straight to his face. He's like, "You know what? You're right." I'm like, "I know. Let's play War Machine." And that's our love story. That's how so I, much. yeah. Because now, and then this kind of leads into the next topic of what are we going to play? What is it? What events is everybody going to this year? Like, what are we going to plan on playing? Because I think we're planning on Bokor for sure, team event with Acres. Yeah, and hopefully the uh, the LVO thing works out. I'm trying to work a work trip to Vegas in January for my team. So if that works out, then it'll be right around LVO. So we're going to do LVO and then work. Yeah, long weekend, but it'll be, I mean, free trip to Vegas. And then you screwed up our WTC or uh, Warfare weekend plans. Look, so I'm sorry can't help it could have just put me at a later class you know uh, for context uh i made rank and when you make rank you have to go to this class to be a leader and i'm going to that class instead of taking leave to go to warfare weekend so technically my fault but also not fully my fault well congratulations on, on making rank yeah. Oh, he's an idiot. He should have never made rank. The worst thing he could do. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Trust me. I know. You never want to get that. That's funny. Yeah, you know what? Joe's over here complimenting. Congratulations, man. AJ, fuck you. You're stupid. <laughs> yeah, but Listen, that's I want to guys... keep it real. That's how you guys met, though. So he's just being consistent. That's true. Exactly. Joe, are you planning on going to any cons this year? Uh, it it will be highly work dependent, uh, but I I'm gonna try. Cause you're uh, out of Michigan area ish, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm about uh, an hour or so or hour hour or two south of uh, of Acres. So. Okay. What do you got? The Michigan GT, right? Yeah. Up near I, you. I I I plan to go to Michigan GT um, next year. I was supposed to go this year, and then I had a medical issue. So. <laughs> Well, but hopefully it's all that, good. That, that's not bad. Yeah, we're we're better now, so good. All, all good there. Um, but yeah, and I I'd love to make it to uh, to Boker, so we'll try to make that happen. I think I think but, Boker is one of the it was out of it was one of the most fun cons I've been to. I've and, heard uh, I've heard great things about it for for a long time, and I. I really want to try uh, the WTC style format, so I think it'd be I think it'd be super fun to do it. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into that realm as well. I mean, we are potentially still needing two players, so make it to Boker. Yeah, this could be the dream team right here. Just need one more. Hey, just convince Brad to play. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know about Brad Park. He was there last time. He was there. 
Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, I, it's baby steps. He's getting back in the game. I don't want to overwhelm him. Yeah. <laughs> just slow and steady. Yeah. It's good. It's good to have Brad back. Or, or at least, you know, getting his feet wet again. So that's nice. Yeah. He seemed to enjoy it. And I think he's playing another game right now, actually. Oh, is he? Really? Uh, yeah. Soon. Uh, it will be soon. I mean, I'm as of right now. I don't. I don't know. For me, anyways, like what next year is going to hold. If I'm even going to WTC next year, like it's. Trust me, I would want to, but it's been just like going back to back and all the all the time and effort and just sheer amount of games I put in this year. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not. Uh, crazy keen on doing that again <laughs> I mean, like, there's a reason you won the guinness book of world records for war table games yeah especially with uh you know this quick a turnaround now that wtc is going to be in august this year really Which yeah they, nuts. The date, yeah the date was changed so it's in august this year where is it at uh, in germany Dusseldorf. Du- mm. yeah Dusseldorf, germany so <laughs> Um, that, that's what will be interesting because obviously teams will be formed probably by like late February, I would say. Wow! So like Adepticon and uh, Boker will more likely not be qualifiers this year, yeah. um, because the teams will already be formed by then, so they'll probably be entirely committee selected. So that will be interesting to see how that how that works out this year. Because what only big cons between that would be like I think captains in February and LVO right? Yep. Yeah. That's and wild. Captain Con runs a three man tournament, so. Yeah, so there won't be any actual team qualifiers for WTC this year. Interesting. That is that's interesting. Did yeah, they say why they did that? What? Why the turnaround? The the I am. If they did, I was not uh, present for the reasoning, so I don't know what the what the change was, um, why it's in August this year. But it's yeah, the the date has been changed, so that will be will be interesting to see to see how that works out, how the how the turnaround um, happens. Because like usually you can take it lax for the first, you know few months of the year and now it's going to be just all all ahead go again you can get maybe maybe a month or two off for the holidays and then get right back to it again come february to to get prepping again for for wtc yeah that's a that's a lot of work that's a, that's a that's a tall order i know how many games you put in uh yeah i mean i put in more than <laughs> any sane person would should <laughs> yeah yeah Playing, playing at least, uh, I was probably at minimum four to five games a week for like four months straight. Oh, can, yeah, so. can we talk about that, AJ? Oh, I mean, we can talk about it later. Yeah, not totally. right now because yeah. it's too, too. But I mean, yeah. it's close. Okay, close enough. Okay, that'd be kind of cool. Um. Okay. Uh, that totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say something. Oh, um, let's kind of go into the future events for what's coming up. Like, what is it next weekend or is it, yeah, it's this weekend for Warfare weekend, right? 
Yes. Yes. Do we? Have, I, I, this is this is hot seat predictions for the winner. And or how different do you think it's going to be from WTC? Because it's a solo event, not a team event, right? Yes. Yep. Do you think prediction for the winner? Yeah. Um, of Warfare Weekend. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, what do you th- what do you th- what do you think the breakdown is going to be? Like, give me your top three. Is Jake gone? Yes. Jake is qualified. Jake is qualified. Yeah, my my money's on Jake until it's not. <laughs> That's just generally he does very well at Warfare Weekends, particularly coming off of a WCC. So. Yeah, I was supposed uh, to get my rematch with him there, but then I ended up not going. <laughs> so my my money's on Jake. I'm not sure who else is uh, is qualified and going. Um, but uh, my general money's on on Jake. Plus Ravens is really good. Double down on that. I'll double down on that. And... I I'm gonna pick someone different just to be just to be different. Okay, okay. I like contrarianism. Go ahead. I am gonna pick Nate M. Okay. And what does he play? He I don't know what he's playing for Warfare, but he played Grimkin at WTC. Okay. So, AJ, what army I don't you don't have to name a player. What army you think is gonna do well? It's the winner. Dusk, without a doubt. Dusk? Oh. They're coming in hard. I don't even have cats. I was just saying, so. do you, how much better do you think they got they're gonna do versus WC now that they have all their tools? All their I don't know. It, Twelve thousand <laughs> percent. I think they're going to do better. It depends on the caliber of player that's going to be playing them right now. Um, I doubt anyone good <clears throat> or really good is going to be playing them at Warfare Weekend. So we're probably just going to see the run of the mill, like Orgoth, <clears throat> Grimkin, and I'm pretty sure Rhett. So I'm going to say somebody playing Rhett is probably going to win with the top three being like Rhett, Orgoth, and then yeah, Jake probably in there makes sense yeah i'm not playing dusk there so that makes sense no my caliber players playing dusk <laughs> right of course of course i wish my dusk would show up i just like i just need to be i here. am i am excited for that crazy freaking blighter gas like that I've seen pictures of that oh was... yeah there's gonna be tons yeah. of cool like just yeah fun i cannot wait i cannot wait to see how that goes like that's just looks incredible so what's that for that is for the narrative event for dragonfall uh which apparently is going to dictate which armies get certain items that they haven't revealed yet in game Uh that's really i like that i like that a lot yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of, of those type of events having um lore stakes as well as uh army design stakes at least in a at least in in general principle i i i'm really looking forward to seeing what it uh what is unveiled but like that is such a cool concept and model that they that they got on the table uh for the event like i'm i'm hyped for it i'm not doing it because i'm not at, at warfare this weekend or at next weekend but uh, it's definitely something that I would love to have come to a convention elsewhere or to uh, to have availability to get that STL, to be honest. <laughs> I I could see that something like that coming to Bocor, because Bocor, they always do like the teaser stuff. And Bocor is like big enough 
on the East Coast, I feel like they could they could swing something for that. Well, uh, have you? Well, Joe, have you seen the the uh, event that Dan's running in Jan- in December? The Survival Series. That oh yeah, I, I'm I'm he, super hyped for that because yeah, he, he stole he, that right from Warfare Weekend. And I'm yeah, like, exactly. That was so that's that, what and, I wanted to play at yep. Warfare. And I'm like, oh sweet, you're doing it even better. <laughs> yeah, he stole he stole it right from Warfare Weekend, and and uh, he's gonna we're gonna we're gonna play that here locally, and that's gonna be so much fun. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what army I'm taking. <laughs> and have you have you seen that at all? Mm, um, no, so walk us through it. Yeah, so the Survivor Series, it's you have 175 uh, points, all right, and two casters. And then each round you're paying, you're playing, you're picking 50 points of the, of the 70, 175 you have in your pool and a caster and you're playing against another, uh, another opponent. Okay. So any models that are completely destroyed down to the last man get removed as oh. option. You can't take them anymore in next, in, in, uh, uh, sequential rounds. That's cool. So if you so you're basically trying to like play games but also not lose like you know any jacks that are destroyed get removed from your pool. You can never play them again. Huh, that's really cool actually. So yeah, you're so you're constantly like losing models out of your like your reserve of models you can play. And if your caster dies, you lose uh 5 total life points off of them the next round. Oh. They start, they start with, five less. Yeah, they start yep. with less boxes. Um, uh, that doesn't. It's not that bad because you can just heal yourself to full first turn. Well, no, so. like you don't. You just don't even have those boxes. Oh, you don't have the box. You don't. You're. Oh, yeah. okay, that's yeah, different. It, it, yeah, it takes them off your stat line. Yeah, it just takes them right off of your card. Yes. I like that. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a very. It's a. It's a unique way of. Of playing the game, and then you have, you know, uh, just ways to like just you know survivalists. The, per- the person who ends the ends it with the most models left in their of, of their 175 point uh, armies. You've got obviously the overall winner. Um, you know, there's different like achievement kind of things that you you're you're playing for um, as well. And then obviously, if you, if you if you even if you have one model left in the unit. In the next round, you can still use that unit, and they come back to full strength. So, huh? Okay. How about how long does those? How long does that take to, to play through? It just depends on the players, I guess. Well, it's not so much depends on the player. You're because you're playing like you know just fifty point you're, games. You're only playing a fifty point game. Yeah. Okay. Each round, each round, you're playing fifty points, but you're taking those fifty points from the hundred and seventy five points you have in your pool. And then, if any models that are not completely destroyed go back in the pool for the next rounds, any models that are completely destroyed um, and units, they just get removed, and they, you can't use them again. Because um, we are the King of Coin video is being recorded today, so we'll get our coin announcements. But I know our area is getting three. Still, and um, talking today with some of the locals, like how do we want to distribute the first coin? I was like, I'm like, I was wondering if. Maybe that makes sense to be the the tournament that we play to distribute. Like the winner of that gets, the winners of those get the coins. 
That could be interesting. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, it'd be super cool. Yeah. AJ, you'll be playing the locals because you gotta get a coin. You gotta. I mean, if it's yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see if my kid doesn't lock himself out of his room and have to do all this shit. How many <laughs> how many coins are you guys getting? Do you know yet? We're getting three for the area. So. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. And that'll be as of right now. It's there's two stores we play at. Um, maybe three soon. We'll see how Monday tomorrow we're gonna go play at another store and see how they're because like apparently I have a couple players that we just never met before. But right now it's World's Best in Atlantis. Um, two that are going to Atlantis. One might be going to World's Best. One might just just all three will go to Atlantis, pending the locals. Like if they don't want to go to Nova, there's no need to bring it there, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, we'll have three. I really did they. I don't know if they made new coins. I'm sure they'll be covered in the video. I want that Orgoth coin back. If you get it, I'll be I'll be flying in. <laughs> I'm taking it from you. I was <laughs> I want I want the King of Coin to be a good way for us to like set up some big events, like maybe um, a Warfare Weekend qualifier, and get some people in it, like set some big weekend events up, and get people out here playing. So I mean, where would we have the space for that? I mean. I think World's Best and Atlantis are about the same size. World's Best might be bigger because they have two rooms. Yeah, World's Best has the upstairs. Um, Atlantis will. Atlantis has the table space. It just depends on getting, letting, uh, letting them letting us use the space. Because sometimes they're a little iffy on giving us more space. But if we book it out long enough, we should be fine. But it would also depend on how many players we get. Book it out and have a good enough table fee to make it worth their while. That's just how yeah. you do it. Probably World's Best would probably be better just because like, they have an entire upstairs floor. I mean, we have a, several communities. Like, Delaware's not that far. So we Richmond. could get a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you probably would have to like just cap the event to make sure it doesn't get, like, you know, make sure you have enough, enough room and it's not going to be overly crowded and all of that. So, yeah. Stuff we'll see. Stuff, just stuff that's been boiling, like, brewing in my head. Of like, I want to set up an event for us to get more people playing in the area. We could talk to um, Jersey's. That's the other store we might be talking to. Maybe they have some bigger table space. I haven't been to all their stores. Yeah, I'm gonna. My my game plan is I'm I'm trying this year to you know just to take a step back a little bit from the competitive scene and try to help rebuild um, the Michigan meta as well and just get get players back in and you know just try to bridge the gap because we are we are pretty spread out here in Michigan as well yeah so trying to we have we have I mean we have a decent player base it's just there's just so many pockets all over the place and there isn't a whole lot of communication and all that so I'm gonna try to Try to work with Zeke and a few of the other local guys around here to to try to bridge those gaps and get get that happening again and growing the uh, you know the Michigan meta back back up to what it somewhat used to be. That'd be good. I hope I hope this year like with like the new Steamroller packet, the balance changes and all that stuff. I hope that really starts sending War Machine in a good direction for like the rest of people too. It kind of gets rid of some of that sour taste. And the game can start really, really growing, really picking up again. Oh, yeah. I mean, and just just the fact that, like, getting rid of these old scenarios, right? Like, we've, we've been working on these scenarios for, like, three years. Yeah. So, like, 
getting getting into something now that's completely new and fresh and different will go a long way and just you know getting people back into the game and just playing playing more games and even like you know long time players like myself just looking at something different now yeah not playing the same same old scenarios you've been playing for three years avoiding some burnout there yeah yeah like it's the, the burnout for sure but it's just it's just after a while like especially after you've played you know few hundred games on, on war table yeah. everything kind of just blends together no that makes sense so you brought that up what kind of changes do you think they should make yeah change do i think they should make um because hmm. just for instance like i know before um line of sight quit they were talking about you know, the circles and the rectangles and the flags and the objectives, we've all been playing for those for years and they're kind of immobile. Well, how do you feel about, like, <clears throat> picking up objectives? Like, uh, I don't know if you've played some of the other games where you can pick up objectives and then, like, certain people hold them for a while and then you get points that way. <laughs> or you strictly, like, keep it the circles and the flags and the rectangles and the objectives. I think that like that, so the the zone scoring and whatnot isn't nearly as useful now as it used to be just because you have smaller game sizes and just smaller unit sizes and um things like that so like the the area based kind of zone scoring seems a little uh archaic now where i think that we'll, we may be moving to something similar to kind of what you uh, said were you know like capturing strategic points um more so than like zones or uh, situations like that or it would be interesting too to have uh like just terrain features be uh scoring points and whatnot too not just like yes, having, please. having a zone what kind of terrain so features it, for example it, it would it would incorporate you know 3d elements back into the game and have them actually be meaningful, not more full, more so than just aesthetics. Um, so, be... like a like an easy example, and this is the one that I bring up because uh, I've I've done it in in other game systems that I've played for a long time, or they they do it. Is it's really easy to have, like the forest that's already on the table all of a sudden become the meaningful spot where the infantry score. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's simple, easy. You can just declare it based on the context of the, of the, of the mission and, and you're good to go. You don't have to throw a zone down. You don't have to do anything else. You already have that object there. And that's really kind of the context of terrain based scoring. It's not so much that you have uh, dedicated terrain pieces in, in many cases. It's that you already have terrain on the board. You just declare that those terrain pieces are scoring and maybe indicate it in some fashion. Okay. Kind of cool. And so... <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited to see. I hope, I hope some good changes come. Um, AJ, you brought the question up. What do you think should change? 
Or what would you implement? So, <clears throat> I play a lot of different games. So I think um, the flags being... So essentially, we'll, um, in other games, like you pick up something. So it would be like, essentially, think of a flag. You pick it up, and then your solo now controls it around the board. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how well that would work with War Machine, because like, if I pick it up with my solo and then I run into a corner, you know, that seems kind of defeats the purpose of it. But We do have kill if, boxes, so you can't run super far away. Well, kill boxes are only for casters, not maybe. for solos. But maybe incorporating something like that. And then again, we're getting now we're getting like making rules on top of rules on top of rules. But yeah. I do like the terrain feature. It's similar like king of the hill, like this hill, whoever controls this gets control points. Um, I think um, what they alluded to, like right when Mar 4 dropped, where um, maybe declaring like. Because War Machine is basically chess, right? And you have your king, which is the warcaster, and if it dies, then you lose the game. But if we had, like, maybe you designated, like, this jack is, you know, his personal jack. So if that jack dies, you get two victory points. Or assigning victory points to units, and maybe your opponent gets to do that, like, kind of like a prey, where if I kill that unit, then I get a bonus victory point. Um, they've already incorporated the cards. I know 40k does that sometimes, where you just draw a card, and you're, you know, like, your objective for that turn is to... Uh, take the hill or kill an entire unit. I think that would be interesting. Brings a little bit more dynamics to the game. I don't think that would work well in tournaments because the randomness, and I hate randomness in tournaments, but I do enjoy randomness in like casual games. So I think King of the Hill, kind of like pick the pick the terrain piece. That's a scoring point. Maybe pick a, a units, either you or your opponent picks. There you get uh, bonus victory points. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. And then the object somehow working in like being able to pick up like the flags or pick up like objective points, like cr loot crates around the board, just to use an example and run around with those. See, I'm, I'm a fan of semi randomized objectives and, and the, the game that I played a ton before war machine, um, seriously was Malifaux and they use a system where you get a random, you get a, a set number of uh, secondary victory objectives, and you select two of them, and your opponent can select two of them. You get it. You both get the same set of four that are randomized for that game, and then you each select two at the start of that game. Uh, and what it does is it makes the scenarios very fresh for a very long amount of time because you'd never really play the same game twice for a while uh, but it gives you a, a significant amount of agency in terms of how your list operates based on the the, the secondary victory points that are available to you so if you're if your list is really good at killing then you can select the killing objectives it's if it's very mobile you can select the the mobile based um, selections and so what it lets you do is kind of tailor um, your play style and what your army is good at to actually scoring uh, victory points within the context of the game, provides some additional uh, randomness without um, taking, away the, taking away or detracting from the general skill of the game. Uh, because you're still getting to select at the start of the game what you're going to be doing you just don't know exactly which of this set of op of items are going to come up but you know that you're going to get to pick one or two of them as a secondary scoring object in the game 
And I think that'd be something that'd be interesting to incorporate into the new steamroller. I, um, I like that. And, and it'd probably make it a little more palatable for, uh, for the competitive set. We were playing, uh, we were doing the local escalation league, which is coming to an end. It's been really fun, but like, I definitely like noticed it more so now that I'm like not prepping for a con, I'm just playing like whenever you play on terrain, it is always set for the scenario. You never just have terrain existing. If that makes sense. Cause like whenever you play a scenario, the terrain is going to be set kind of almost always the same in the same way. Like you're going to have a building on each one. There can be kind of, or kind of mirrored, but then there's gonna be a little bit of a difference. All the terrain feels very same, similar if you do more dynamic objectives, you can make the boards more di just different in general. And then you don't have to worry about playing an even game because your scenario is different than your opponents. Yeah, I can see that. Because like, if you get the shit on this stick and get the bad table edge, but you're the two cards you pick are good for you. You can, t you can then flip it back and like, then it's an even game. And you just, Oh, my side of the table has three acid pools. They have two waters. Like, okay. That's an extreme, but like, you don't just get stuck with a bad table edge and playing around it. You can use your, your scenario <laughs> to counteract some of the bad terrain you might've been dealt. Right. Or even like, good. Yeah, because if you if you have something that that maybe makes you want to be more defensive, where you get points for for holding something on on your end of the of the table, um, that your opponent then is is forced to come in and take from you. Having that defensible terrain is is more is now advantageous to you as opposed to it blocking your movement. Yeah, I do like the idea of like assigning like, hey, kill my jack, you get two points, because then like that's the moving part of the objective and you're going to be moving that jack around almost playing like protect the president or you're just going to be aggressive with it and bait them and then reverse capitalize on their things lots of cool lots of cool options they could do that kind of covers a lot of what i wanted to talk about today um one last thing if you guys have any hot takes Any hot takes for the meta or the game in general? I love how they just silent you just ask the question. I know. I was just like, oh, did we lose somebody? Uh, the, wheel, the wheels are turning right now. Where it's like, hmm. hot takes. So. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I saw you. You're good. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, I just have a sneaky suspicion that Chimera is going to be top dog when they're fully fleshed out. I think they will be the the best faction in the game currently when they are released. They just have a lot of like just really good things going for them right now. Like a lot of their beasts have hyper just compelling options. Um, they're very versatile in the in the heads you can take and the 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 weapons they have. So I and their unit choices as far as just just a few, you know they're they're they are very unique and interesting. And I think they are going to be um, a very real problem for a lot of the 
the current armies to deal with. They are a very yeah. go ahead. I'd agree with that. There's there's a reason I picked up three of the preview <laughs> boxes. <laughs> three? Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> I like having my beast options immediately. Get Protect all the heads. If you give me six heavy dragons um, available as as the start, and then my army box gives me my my other two, uh, I'm a happy boy. Because oh, my 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 uh, you know, and then then I'm just waiting on the wyvern, and uh, you know, we're off to the races. Yeah, speaking of the of the wyvern, uh, Doug had that at WTC. Um, oh, is it cool? Yeah, the model looks gorgeous. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, the wyvern looked really, really good. Did you get a chance to uh, to play against it at all, or, or no? No, no. He just basically had it out. He kind of had a few models set out on a table, and nice. I just I happened to waddle over there at some point in between rounds, and uh, you know, see the see the wyvern. So yeah, the the. The the fixtures and whatnot do definitely not do it justice. Good. I've been saying that for ages about every privateer press model. Yeah. <laughs> That's just I don't know what it is, but like when you see it, it's like something with the pictures, the angles they do, it's just like there's my hot take. Privateer press can't take photos for any life. Like I want you, I don't know what it is, but like they take photos and you're like, okay, that's kind of cool, but like you didn't get a good view on the detail and you see it in your person, you're like this is not what I saw on the picture. What what changed? I'm I'm not a big Legion fan. I don't like the aesthetic, but that model want make makes me want to play that army. Does it make you want to paint it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it justice. I would butcher the heck out of that model. Because so I know I'm painting one of them blue eyes white dragon style. Perfect. Yeah, and that would be. I mean, I, then you got to do the red eyes black dragon too. AJ's gonna paint oh. that one. Yeah, I'm painting one. He's painting the other one. There you go. We're probably gonna change the color scheme though, from what we painted up. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do yet. It's your army. You decide. I like Rassic, but like, I could see him not being your aesthetic. Joe, how are you painting yours? Mine? Um, I haven't decided on how I'm doing the Wyvern yet, but I have the Vipex I'm doing as, uh, call it basically Hulk colors. So it's very intense uh, neon greens with uh, purples mm -hmm. uh, into a pink highlight. And then I am doing yellows and light pinks for the hydrixes okay and then rask himself is currently purples into pinks uh and then i'm going to be fleshing both of those out with uh, metallic accents nice. i haven't quite figured the metallics yet sounds good uh this just came to me because we're thinking of cyberpunk dragons what do we think if i painted dusk Cyberpunk yellow with like blue. I'm a, fan. I'm a fan. 
and like so like it's gonna be yellow it's gonna be yellow base armor black trim glow is gonna be bright blue okay that just I mean, they, do, they do have a, a fair few mohawks and whatnot on that's the, what i'm the thinking mansion. yeah so there you, they look, there you they're, go. They, they're the most sci-fi looking jacks they were caster jacks let's be honest yeah all right i'm gonna i'm writing this down for labor cyber punk dusk there it is I'll also change the bases that's fine I'll paint my battle group like I originally intended, and I'll paint the rest of the army cyberpunk. I just I'm just imagining Isby in my head right now, like fucking that hyper lime yellow with the blue glow. Yeah, there it is. There she is. No, it'll it'll come out real good. Yeah, and that that would that would be something for sure. All right. Well, All right. That kind of wraps up everything I have. Do you guys have anything else last minutes I want to talk about? Nope. Nope. I'm all set. No, I'm good. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining Acres and Joe. You know, do you guys want to go ahead and plug where you are, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on the internets, uh, on the YouTubes, uh, at Tyrants on the Field, uh, and also on uh, Podbean, Tyrants on the Field. Um, for all your, your War Machine listening and viewing needs. Uh, his links will be in the description of the Spotify and YouTube stuff, so if you want to just click on them there, you'll be able to find them really easy. Acres, you can, they can find you in the War Table LFG, right? Sure. I mean, not so much anymore, but I'm, I'll still be trolling around for games and periodically, so yeah, I'll definitely be there, or you know, message me on Discord or all that. I'm, I'm always happy to, to chat about the game and pass on what uh what knowledge i have and you know how it can be useful so he is a true king of the community i 100 um yeah that wraps up frostcast episode 27 uh like do normal youtube things like share subscribe and thank you guys for listening see y'all next week bye bye you guys say bye too oh bye, bye. there bye. it is <laughs> <laughs>